podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Hi, everybody. Oh, hello. 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 Welcome to In the Thicket. We've changed. Hey, we should have made that our our intro. I know. What's with this guitar thing? I know this depressing guitar melody. It should be me doing opera. Yeah, (laughs) come on. That's right. That would be the fastest way to drive away every single listener in the shortest amount of time. Hello. (laughs) Welcome. Hey, we, we all could do, we're all musicians actually yeah. right now in this, uh, in this conversation. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, um, Diana too. That's exciting. Yes. Diana is here. Um, so, okay. So Diana is our very special guest today. Um, I've known Diana for, I don't know how many years, but we used to be in a band together in Winnipeg, nice. which is, that's how we met. I think. Was it an angsty band. high school band? no no (laughs) our first kind of band that i was in in high school that's why i'm asking oh okay and you're just not because you have to be like hey i was in a band too so you're cool like us okay i was in (laughs) jazz band guys and me too yeah yeah i was very cool (laughs) me too before the word emo existed but that's Mm. what we were pretty much so he played the theme from rocky so i don't think you can get cooler than that but it's pretty cool that's pretty cool that is pretty cool exactly oh man um yeah so today um i'm excited to talk about well so last week we talked with um sister mary grace from the sisters of life on accompaniment in suffering and so what is it like when we're walking alongside people who are going through something difficult um and uh, so that was a very it was so such a great conversation and i but i feel like the part that is a, a natural follow-up is not just the you know how do we accompany people but how do we not accompany people like what is not helpful and and question. then what is helpful like really practical things yeah, yeah. um and uh, and so we'll be talking about that today a little bit, and, and Diana has some some good insights. So, yeah. um, Diana, why don't we just launch in, and you can just tell us a little bit about about your story and um, how you've become sort of an expert on this. It was perhaps. actually cool. <laughs> just so you know, Diana, yeah. you are uh, like immediately once we started talking about like what are the ways that we should not be jerks for other people who are suffering your name was the first one yet nicole was like oh yes we should talk to diana because she can tell us all of the jerkish ways that people can be jerks not because she's a jerk but she, no. anyways and not i it's mean no to one, clarify that no. yeah, yeah. Yes. we say that in jest everybody is good well-meaning people that's but right yeah, that's right sometimes well we can even be not. more helpful yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. We can all get it wrong sometimes for sure. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. 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 So um, I guess I'll just start by sharing, I guess, about my suffering story. Um, when I was 24, so 10 years ago, I found a lump on my neck that ended up being a cancerous tumor in one of my salivary glands. Um, so it's the size of a golf ball by the time they removed it. Um, and oh. I did had no idea it was that big. It was just a small little lump when I had first noticed it. And um, so they did surgery to remove it. They felt like they got everything. So they didn't need to do any follow-up after that. And they kind of check you periodically for five years. And after five years, you're kind of cleared and good to go. 
And I think because I was so young at the time, I kind of was like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's been done. It's kind of over. And I was working in ministry at the time. And so you kind of just had to put that aside and shelve it and continue on with what you're doing um, because that's the good Christian thing to do. <laughs> and, uh, and so I kind of like put that in a little box on the shelf and kind of forgot about it uh, until 2018 in the fall, I uh, was at work and I just kind of felt my neck and noticed two small lumps kind of in the same area again. And I was like, oh, okay, I know what this feels like. And, uh, and so I wasn't seeing my cancer care doctor anymore, but I called them right away and just said, hey, like I found something on my neck, I need to get it checked out. And so they had me in and within a week I had um, a needle biopsy, a CT scan, and then a follow-up with the doctor. And the results were inconclusive. Unfortunately, they couldn't get a good sample. And so they said, well, we should probably do surgery just to make sure. Um, and I feel like for some reason this time it was different. Like it felt a little bit scarier, maybe because I was older, you know, I was 32 and things just kind of felt more difficult this time around. And part of the difficulty with the surgery is that there's a nerve in your, um, in your neck that controls the muscle movement on this side of your face. Mm. And so if they were to nick that nerve, then I potentially wouldn't be able to smile ever again. Mm. Um, and so, wow. yeah, as a 32 year old single woman, you're like, okay, like if I can't smile, how am I ever going to meet somebody, you know, or like mm -hmm. things like that, that you're like, <laughs> there's lots of implications, you know, not just yeah. the scariness of the cancer word, but like, you know, my face could be deformed for the rest of my life. So, um, yeah, I went into the surgery and, um, my family all lives in Victoria. And so I was, and I had also just moved out of a living situation, um, where, you know, I was living kind of in a community with two other girls and, and just recently moved and it was totally not the same. And so I just felt very alone and kind of, uh, isolated in the situation. And yeah, it was just a lot of unknowns and the surgery went well, but then after they said, well, you know, we can't really tell you um, what you should do at this point because we can't say whether doing radiation would be helpful or not. So it's up to you. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> I hate making decisions on the best day, you know, and yeah. here I am I'm like, yeah. and she's like, well, there's no wrong decision. And then I said to her, well, yeah, but there's no right decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So they left me with kind of that decision to have radiation or not as a follow-up. And it was just kind of a very dark, kind of depressing time because I felt very alone in that decision because it was my decision to make at the end of the day. And yeah, it just, the whole, the whole thing felt a lot more difficult and a lot different than mm. I think my first experience with the cancer. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh. And, you know, thanks for being open to go back into that space and talk about it too. Yeah. Um, and share that with us. It's, because uh, I'm sure that's still, it, it, that must be tough too, even just, you know, going back there. I don't know. But so thank you for being open to, to sharing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think that was like the thing um, that, that brought you to mind for Nicole was especially during that, because there's, I mean, there's some suffering that's like, you know, everybody goes through suffering and kind of the more typical things, but then there's some things that are just more profound fundamentally yeah. to, you know, to, to life and to experience and things like that. But especially in the, um, yeah, in the experience of other 
people, you know, like the relationship with other people. And I was, uh, we were talking about this before and I was saying like, that's been kind of my experience in the past, you know, year and a half or something. And like recently I uh, left my job because I'm not able to work full time anymore and all those kind of things. And it was even interesting to see like the, the emails and stuff that people sent me, like beautiful emails or, you know, offers to meet up or things like that. But there was one email that stood out and it was from, um, yeah, somebody that I've known for a while. And the email was basically saying like, I'm praying for you. Um, you know, it's sad to hear this, but you know, I'm, I'll keep you in my prayers and don't worry about responding to this email. And that like, just that one thing I was like, I felt so loved in that because I was like, oh, you are thinking about me from my perspective right now and what might be best for me as opposed to like, I don't know how to end our relationship well or how to, you know, things like that. So yeah, so that was, that's been part of my experience, but we're curiously so yeah, if you, yeah, if you can share some of what you found when you were going through all of that, like things that were like they were helpful or, or not helpful. Yeah. Um, well, I think definitely, you know, having people just reach out. I had a friend um, whose husband was going through a really um, serious cancer diagnosis as well. And, um, you know, you feel a bit sheepish almost like, you know, if you're, you kind of compare your experience to other people and say, well, it's not that bad, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. I don't have breast cancer, you know, I haven't like, there's a lot of comparison that goes on, but she, I remember she texted me the morning of my surgery and just saying, Hey, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. I'm like, wow you know, she's going through something, you know, quite significant. And she took the time to really, you know, just send a simple text just saying, Hey, I love you thinking about you praying for you. Um, you know, I think it was, um, sometimes it's surprising the people that show up and the people that, you know, you're kind of like, Oh, I would have expected you maybe to reach out. Not that you keep like a list of people that didn't, you know, reach out with you or whatever, sure. but people that I didn't expect like my coach at the gym, she stopped by and brought me flowers and a meal, you know, I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, like the last person I would expect, you know, to, to show up, you know, came and, and just wanted to show her love and support. And, um, so I think it's sometimes, you know, we think that we need to have like grand gestures and things like that, but it's just sometimes a little thing of like reaching out with a text or a phone call, um, just so that you know that you're not alone um, in the situation, I think was huge for me because I felt very alone. I think, mm -hmm. um, in my situation, I felt, um, like it was just me kind of going through this and it is like, you know, it's your experience and no one else can really, um, lift you out of that except God. But, um, mm -hmm. in terms of relationships with people, like you're at the end of the day, you go home and you go to bed and that's, that's it. That's you. But, um, yeah, I think people, um, generally responded pretty well and, and we're very supportive. So I was very thankful for, for friends that, that did that. So, yeah, you know, it's coming to mind is that, um, I think, I think that, yeah, suffering can be a really isolating experience. And you mentioned a couple of things that I thought were really important. One is that comparison that goes on, you know, well, it could be worse and, and which a lot of it is you're trying to keep positive and keep hopeful. Right. Um, or you look at, at, or you feel like, okay, this person is really, suffering and, and, but I'm, I'm, I'm also like, you know, anyway, any type of comparison um, is perhaps it, it, it can happen, right? Um, because you're alone, you're trying to figure out where, where am I? Where, you know, where am I in this? And um, how powerful it is to have somebody who can come and just say, hey, I'm, I'm here. I don't really know what to do and I can't 
help you, but I'm with you somehow, right? Yeah. Um, it's such yeah. a beautiful thing. Like, it's, I don't know, it's so funny because there's so, like, everybody, I don't think anybody approaches somebody who's suffering and is like, how can I make this worse? Like, yeah. how can I yeah. pile on and do something that's not helpful? You know, like, it's like, there's nothing like that. But, um, but I think sometimes people don't really realize that maybe like saying something like, oh, um, like even even nice things like, you know, the Lord is with you in this or um, or, you know, it could be so much worse or it could like things like that are not actually helpful to hear, you know, when you're when you're suffering or even um, even something like even the ability to put yourself in another's shoes, you know, like to think about, okay, like what is the case for this person right now and what might be um, not help, like not good for them or not easy for them to do. Like if somebody is um, going through chemotherapy, for example, probably having a four hour visit with somebody is not what they need. Like they need to sleep and they need to have a casserole that they can stick in the oven. Like, you know, so, um, but it's so, yeah, I mean, how do we get from that place? Like if you're accompanying somebody who's suffering, how do you get from that place of um, thinking about the typical things that that um, you might do for like a friend or something like that? Like, how does that change for somebody who you're trying to walk with when they're suffering? Do you know what I mean? Like, what kind of things do we have to think about? Hmm. Well, I think sometimes we, like when we experience or see somebody who's suffering, we like our initial reaction is we want to fix it. You know, it's like, oh, I want to, I want to fix your pain. I want to help you. Um, and so that's usually when we end up saying things that maybe aren't entirely helpful. Um, yeah. You know, like everything happens for a reason is a, mm. you know, classic kind of Christianese kind of thing, like, <laughs> you know, and yeah, you know, God does use suffering to, to change, change us and, and do some good things, but you know, that's not exactly what you're thinking about in the moment when you're suffering and, um, so I think instead of like immediately jumping to try to fix and like, you know, offer a solution, you know, oh, well, have you tried this? Or maybe you should try that. Or like, what about these holistic things, you know, that, you know, like, and maybe that's helped you in your experience, you know, like maybe that's been good for you and maybe that's been good for somebody that, you know, but maybe that's not good for the person that you're talking to. And so instead of jumping to try and fix, I think even just listening and just saying, Hey, what do you need right now? You know, I think mm -hmm. asking you know, what can I do for you? What is, you know, something that uh, you need today? Um, I think asking rather than trying to immediately try and fix is sometimes the better option. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, one of the things that I'm just, as I'm listening to you kind of share that, I'm thinking, yeah, it's so helpful when we allow the person going through the situation sort of take the lead on how we can walk with them, you know, instead of like, trying to lead the way in accompanying them take like a like following them in the lead that they're like asking of you you know because yeah I mean you said listening and I feel like that the 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 in instinct that we all have to want to fix something is coming from the fact that suffering makes everybody feel powerless and uncomfortable and um frustrated and you know and when you care about someone you want to you like it, it even more so I feel like but then then, you know, suffering often is, it happens because we're faced a situation in which we are somewhat powerless and discomfort is inevitable. And, and the pain is something in a way that that person just has to face. And, you know, they need to know that they have people who are willing to face it, face it with them. And mm -hmm. sort of, they have to take the lead on 
how they want to orient themselves to that situation, you know, um, which is so powerful. It's a hard thing to do though. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is that like Diana, what you're saying, our first instinct is often to want to fix it. And it's, it's coming from a good place with like, Oh my gosh, this person is going through this really tough thing. And I, I want to make it better, you know? And okay. I, I remember when my mom was going through her, her illness, um, she was sick a few years ago. She's better now. Um, but yeah, there's so many folks who, God bless them, had all kinds of ideas of different holistic things and doctors and uh, different <laughs> things that could help. And yeah. and it was very overwhelming for, for my mom and and all these things or when she was in the hospital and, and people would come and say, hey, we came and we like to, um, you know, they, they'd have an idea of how they wanted to spend their time with her. And often it was doing some sort of specific prayer or things. And, and of, of course, like well-intentioned, but for her, she, she didn't have, like she, her body was tired. She could maybe handle a five minute visit. Um, and so then she had to spend the energy kind of saying gently, um, I'm sorry, that's, you know, thank you so much, but you can pray for me, but I'm, I have to nap now or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know? And so I think one of the things that it's, that maybe, I wonder if you have some insight on is, okay, so let's say, you know, so there's the side of this of, okay, what, what can people, you know, what can our listeners, if they're going, if they know someone who's suffering and they want to support them, we've kind of talked about some ideas of, of what to do and what not to do, but for the person who is suffering and, and has people coming to them and, and, and really wanting to be there and wanting to help and, and maybe not approaching it in the best way, what is a good way to respond to that? Um, cause that can be really challenging and, and tiring, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think I asked my husband, cause he also has some experience with this too, of like, what would you say to somebody that said something kind of, you know, that wasn't helpful or was, but, and I, it's hard because you don't want to confront people because they are genuinely trying to help and, you know, trying to show care, but maybe they just don't really know the best way to do that. And, um, I think maybe even just like a gentle redirect, could help like, Hey, you know, I'm really tired today. Um, I really appreciate you coming. Um, you know, could we maybe, um, do this again another time? Like, uh, or Hey, like I could really just use somebody to listen right now. Um, you know, if they're telling you all kinds of things that they think you should do, like, Hey, I'm just like really needing somebody to listen, um, today. Um, or can we just sit and, you know, just be together because I just need company. Um, so gentle redirect rather than kind of like a rebuke, like, you know, (laughs) Right. I really should be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really wish you hadn't said that because that's <laughs> awkward and it was, yeah. Um, right. But, and I also think that sometimes you learn um, who the people are that can kind of swim in the deep end with you, you know, the people that can mm. really um, walk with you through these things. And not everybody can do that. And that's okay. Like, right. I think, I think we can't always hold it against people that uh, mm. don't always get it right. Um, because maybe they haven't been through kind of an experience where they've suffered and they don't really understand how to respond well. And I certainly haven't gotten it right all the time. And, you know, I'm not an expert. Um, And I'm sure I've said things that have been unhelpful, but um, I think that there are people that are uh, better listeners than other people maybe. And, Mm. um, you know, people in your life maybe that could, um, you know, help support you in in a bit of a different way than maybe what you need right now and some people that can't and maybe those are the people that you go to um, a bit more than the people that that don't really understand or can't maybe walk right 
it's kind of so it's so funny when you're like yeah when we're talking about the coming at things from the idea of fixing it like I just pictured going up to Jesus on the cross and being like you know if you just remove two of those nails and then if you put some tea tree oil on <laughs> then you know I really think that would work <laughs> like just how you know and even thinking about like um Job like I was reading Job again the other day and then and how uh, his friends when they got there even though they were saying unhelpful things after the first thing that they did was sit with him for seven mm -hmm. days and nights they did not even talk to him because mm -hmm. they saw how great his suffering was you know mm -hmm. like that presence of but maybe that's I don't know if that's um if you found that Diana like did you ever find that um like there's something that's very uncomfortable about silence and because we're not very comfortable with silence in general in our culture then like just being with somebody who's suffering even when silence might be like the best thing and just having that companionship it's like people try so hard to fill that silence you yeah. know did you find that yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah and I think you know and I think some of the best things for me were even just like watching a tv show like my my next door neighbor was one of my good friends at the time and I'm very thankful for her and her husband because they would have me over and we would just like watch a show you know in the mm -hmm. evening so I didn't feel alone you know it was um they didn't you know try and like again, like lift me out and fix the situation because they couldn't, but they were just there and their presence I think was um, huge for me. And mm. I think presence is just soften, mm. just what we need. Um, mm. But yeah, it can be very uncomfortable sitting in, like even when you're on the phone and there's like dead air, you're like, uh, I think I need to fill it with something. So I'm gonna say, um, a lot. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And then try no and comfort you. That. And then tell you about how yeah. you should drink more orange juice and then how you, yes. yeah, yeah. Essential yeah. oils and, That's you know, right. like. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. And it's not that these things might not be helpful. It's just that telling me that they're helpful at this moment is not helpful. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think yeah. they even come from like, I'm sure that a lot of reasons why people um, suggest things that they might think are helpful are because they were helpful in that person's own experience of being yeah. suffering. So like they're trying to, you know, but um yeah, but man, it's, it's, um, it's just hard to, I guess, receive those things in a way that's, that's immediately transferable, you know, or, sure. yeah, it's, I think it's hard, like, even I find that because I've experienced both sides of it, because then there was, like, a friend of mine who's going through a rough time right now, and I'm like, well, listen, maybe you should try, and then as the words were coming out of my <laughs> mouth, I was like, eat them, eat them, don't, <laughs> what are you doing, like, I've no. definitely been there as well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I mean, oh. I think we all have. I yeah. feel like there's a there's a just like a base attitude of humility in a way that you gotta yeah. you gotta just mm -hmm. adopt when you're approaching the mystery of somebody else's suffering because it's mm -hmm. like you know someone like even when we're going through suffering, I feel like we don't even understand it ourselves um, yeah. very well, you know. And so there's so much there's so much mystery about it. And as, as you're navigating it and as somebody else is navigating it and you're trying to accompany them, it's like, you got to get, go there, approach that with some degree of humility, because, you know, then you're, then you're going to kind of fumble through it. You're going to make mistakes, but your genuine intention to be there for the other person is going to be the thing that will help you to be consistently loving because mm. you will be paying attention to them. And you'll, and I, you know, I was even thinking about 
like, you know, we're all Christian here. So this is something that makes sense. Maybe not everybody who's listening to us will be, but our faith is a faith about, you know, sharing that is meant to be shared. But when you're trying to share your, your faith with somebody else, I feel like the first thing to do is to get to know that person because what, what is exciting to you about Jesus may not be the same thing that would be exciting to them about Jesus, you know? And um, yeah, rather than talking someone's ear off about some council of history or something, you know, it's like maybe, I don't know. I just, I just feel like it's such a rule that's easy to miss for me specifically that I've learned so much about. It's just approach people in general with humility in Mm -hmm. trying to get to know them first and then allow that to guide your relationship with them. Um, especially if someone is going through a hard, something really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that idea of the mystery, like really the mystery of the human person, because I mean, um, what's the quote from, I think it's getting misfest that God fully reveals man to himself. Um, but like, uh, yeah, that, I mean, only the, only the father, like only Jesus knows, only God knows the depths of our hearts, you know, mm-hmm. more so even than we do. So to think that, then somehow we could approach somebody else and know the depth of their experience or their heart like is, is so um, foolish. Yeah, really? Like, man, it really is. And, and um, even in like jump all twos, um, the encyclical on human suffering, Salvifici Dolores. uh, I always am wondering if I'm pronouncing that right, but I don't even care, whatever. (laughs) Um, So even that, like, yeah, that's one of the things that he talks about is like, even though he's explaining in the encyclical, the meaning of human suffering, he's also talking about the mystery of human suffering and how unexplainable it is fundamentally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's awkward. It's something that's unfamiliar and each person's suffering is different. And so Mm -hmm. we don't know how to approach it. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember hearing a story once that really stuck with me about I don't, it was somebody who was going through something really, really difficult. Um, and they were talking about this whole thing of, of what was helpful and what was, what meant a lot to them and what was not as helpful and all of this stuff. They said the things that were, that they really appreciated were people who came by and knocked on the door awkward and then awkwardly stood there not saying anything and, and just said, I don't know what, I don't really know what to do. I just, I just want you to know that I'm here. Mm-hmm. And it's awkward and they didn't know what to say. And they said that like the, on the receiving and that that meant so much because it was, that's like a truthful thing to do is to say, I don't, I don't really understand this. And maybe you don't really understand this and I don't know what to do, but I'm here. So, you know, um, yeah. so being able to, to sit with that awkwardness and, and I think is also a really beautiful thing, right. To enter into that with somebody and be like, that's okay. I don't have to know how to help you, but I, I'll still show up. Yeah. Um, it's like a humility thing all around because even in the experience of like if you're the one who's receiving um like trying to receive the love of another person in a time of suffering then there's like there's even a uh huge humility in being able to say like i can't like i would love to be with you right now but i Mm -hmm. cannot move or i cannot like i just can't be in a conversation or i can't be you know and it's like very humbling to say that especially Mm -hmm. because you're even encountering somebody else's pain in your own pain like the pain of them seeing you suffer Mm -hmm. and you're encounting their pain for your pain and then it's just like an exchange of pain that (laughs) nobody really knows what to do in you know 
Yeah. 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 So uplifting. (laughs) Just an exchange of eternal pain. (laughs) Uh, Well, I, you know, one thing that I've, um, that's been so beautiful uh, in knowing you, Diana, is to know that um, you had some beautiful things come out of, of your story and your suffering. And I wonder if you could share, um, share that with us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I had surgery in September and then kind of that winter and spring were really obviously hard, but it was also a time where I actually really met with the Lord. There was a real closeness with him in that. And um, I, yeah, it was it was a really beautiful time of just intimacy with God. I kind of came to the place where I'm like, I have nothing left. Like it's me and you. And so that was really, really neat. And then like very shortly after that, probably like, you know, a few weeks after that happened, um, a friend of mine said, Hey, like, I know this other young adult who's had cancer. Um, and it would be probably very helpful for you guys to get together and just share your stories with each other. Um, he had done some mindfulness some Christian mindfulness stuff. And mm-hmm. so I was kind of interested in some mindfulness things because I was dealing with some anxiety and, and stuff at the time. And so I said, sure, yeah, what's the harm? You know, we'll meet up for coffee and go from there. And uh, so we met for coffee and we ended up falling in love. <laughs> I was like, so I awesome. knew, I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was neat because like he, he had, um, so his story, he uh, had a cancerous brain tumor on his brainstem. And wow. um, yeah, when he was 21 and like could have died um very easily because there was pressure built up in his brain from uh brain fluid that had built up there because of the the tumor and um he had to do chemo and radiation and surgery uh but he was healed uh completely there was the doctors like couldn't find any scar tissue or any presence of the tumor having ever been there Hmm. um which is really neat um (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it left like it leaves kind of emotional scars behind, right? Like mm-hmm. of, you know, almost dying and like, you know, there's a lot of stuff to kind of go through. It's not just like you're healed and you're done. So when we met, like it was really neat just to be able to say, like, hey, this is what I'm going through. And he's like, Yeah, I totally understand that. And like I would ask him, like, hey, like, you know, did you ever experience this? Or is this something you think about? He's like, Yeah, all the time. Like, and he was <laughs> He was a great listener and um I just felt immediately like I we had known each other for a year or two years like it just it didn't feel like we had just met for the first time um because we had a kind of shared experience of having gone through something um obviously you know I kind of compared our situations at the time to I'm like mine wasn't nearly as bad as yours you know like and he's like no it's not about comparing you know like suffering is suffering he said that to me and I was like yeah that's true so he had a lot of wisdom to share with me about that and we just hit it off and now we're married and that's beautiful. (laughs) That is so cool. That is so cool. There's been no suffering since. (laughs) We got married in the middle of COVID in March and March 28th. Oh my gosh. That's really recent. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was hard too, but (laughs) yeah, Uh, but you know, it's uh, yeah. yeah. But I think having also experienced some things in the past, you know, you know, what's important, I think, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's like, okay, it's a wedding day, what's more important, the marriage, you know, in our relationship with each other, and we just wanted to be together. And, you know, we knew that, you know, life is short, and you don't know, you know, what tomorrow brings. And um, so I think that helped with perspective, for sure. It really and is helps funny. with perspective. 
Yeah. yeah. Like it's That's it's very funny fun. when you say like even um the being able to share that experience with somebody who had had like a similar experience, you know? Um it's a yeah, like there's again this person who is kind of growing through something quite similar to what I'm experiencing right now. And so then the two of us can just laugh and joke about like oh yes, did you try this thing or did you like or do you find that, you know, um like we'll just be able to talk about the ways that we're kind of dealing with things or the experience of having, um, I don't know, God bless, ask us to let go of things or like just things that are, are very similar, but then, so there's like such a comfort in that and being able to talk to somebody who really understands, but then it also translates back into, um, I find anyways, I don't know if you found this about being able to receive the love of other people who may not be able to understand the nature of the suffering that you're experiencing, but because you have somebody who does, it makes it um, like you can more easily see the goodness mm. of other people and how they're trying to mm -hmm. respond to you. Does that like, did yeah. you find that? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I think having his perspective too, like, you know, I learned a lot from him and I mean, yeah, we find a lot of comfort in each other. And then, you know, if other people didn't get it right, like, that's okay. Like you have somebody that does, you know, really understand. And um, so, yeah, I think yeah. that it definitely helps having somebody to kind of walk alongside you and, and really get it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's such a, that's such a good thing to pray for too. If you're going through something and you feel mm -hmm. like you're alone, because yeah, because it is such a gift and not everybody has it, but it's something we can ask the Lord for, you know, just saying mm -hmm. we ask him for healing. We ask him for all these other things, but you ask for the grace to, I don't know, live through what the cross that you're, you have right now. Well, and, you know, sometimes like praying intentionally and with like, with concrete, like, um, desires is, is a really good thing. Even just articulating that this is a desire of my heart. I would really like to have someone Lord that I can share this, this, trial with and that you know can walk alongside me so mm -hmm. that's just even for me to keep in mind and I've had that experience in my life too with various things that I've gone through to have that God has sort of unexpectedly brought different people into the boat that I'm on and and we're kind of you know facing a similar storm together and it feels really comforting mm -hmm. um but to, to pray for that when it's not there and that the Lord would send a grace you know that that would help me either through somebody else or like you mentioned through that very sort of special intimacy that you found with God in that time too, yeah. which can't be under, um, valued and not in any way, yeah. you know, for mm -hmm. sure. And I think also even just having like a podcast, you know, like something like this, like I listened to, um, a woman, Kate Bowler, she has kind of a, a, a podcast about suffering and just even hearing other people's stories and how they got through it. Um, even from a faith perspective, you know, I think hearing, okay, like they got through it. I can too, you know, or like, mm -hmm. you know, God met them in that. Yeah. God's meeting me in this too, you know, having mm -hmm. like hearing other people's experiences or reading a book, you know, I read a book during that time too, that was really helpful for me. And that's not every, like, that's not helpful for everybody, but it was helpful <laughs> for me. And, you know, like, I think hearing other people's experiences of suffering and kind of seeing hope in the end can help us to have hope too, which is really important. Cause if you don't have hope, then yeah, I mean, you're hopeless. <laughs> you just feel like you're stuck yeah. in this, you know, endless cycle of suffering and uh, mm -hmm. you can't see a way out, but yeah. 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 The eternal exchange of suffering. The eternal exchange of suffering, everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but this is why we have, there's like such thing as support groups, right? Like not even yeah. from a faith perspective, but like, 
even like AA or Al-Anon or grief support groups or like things like that is for people who are having a common experience to be able to speak it because there's a particular language, you know, like there's mm -hmm. just a particular mm -hmm. language from experience that develops that like sometimes you can't really understand until you've had a taste of that own experience, like of your own experience. Like, I, yeah. And it's, it's very hard. Like I, I remember when my dad had cancer and um, he had uh, throat cancer so, but they couldn't, it was like um, a spot that was too small to actually be identified exactly where it was. So he just had kind of widespread radiation and he lost all kinds of weight and it was like a really difficult time. But it's, uh, I know for me at the time, it was like, I don't know, like, I don't know what to do because I can't take away your pain and, you know, but um but I think even being around the doctors and nurses and stuff like that, who were obviously like accustomed, even, even if they had experienced that themselves, they were just accustomed enough to like walking with people through that experience that, um, that I know that that was really valuable for him, you know? So I think maybe even to, not to underestimate our ability, like I'm sure that there's somebody or there's, um, people with particular experiences that that we would be more adept at walking with and than other mm, people you know mm -hmm. just because of the experiences that the lord has given us in our in our lives even so again it's like that humility of being able to say like i am out of my depth and i don't know what to do so i'm just gonna say i don't know what to do and i don't know how to be a help for you but i love you and then there's like other times where we're like okay this feels like I feel like there's something in this that I can respond in a way that is like, I feel like I'm walking on a little bit more solid ground here. And I, I know some things that actually might be helpful, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, right. Well, I guess one, one question too is, okay, if there's somebody listening right now mm -hmm. um, who is feeling really alone in what they're going through and, and is going through some kind of, so any kind of suffering right um because also like you said suffering is suffering there's no comparison um maybe this, maybe this is a tricky question because we're, we're disembodied voices on a podcast but mm -hmm. you know what what would you say um and this can be open up for anybody what would you say um to somebody who's listening right now I think probably just silence. That... <laughs> yeah. Don't say anything. That's the most helpful thing is not to yeah. say anything. <laughs> um, I think just that you're not alone, you know, that there are people, um, you know, I'm even the most alone person, like, you know, the Lord is with you too. Like, I think mm -hmm. that, um, you know, uh, and sometimes we have to come to that place of, you know, needing God in kind of our own way, but um, just the fact that he's always there. Um, even if we can't feel him and can't see him, um, you know, he's, he's a comfort. And, um, if there's no kind of physical person around, because we are all very isolated right now, it's mm -hmm. the, the way that we're living right now is, you know, we can't really be around people. Um, and that's hard. Um, but I think, um, for me kind of coming to my own place of realizing, like, even if I have nobody and there's nobody left in the world to talk to, there's still, um, God is is with me and mm -hmm. um, yeah yeah mm. yeah there's um like an image that comes to mind for me is the from scripture where it talks about um though i walk in the valley of the shadow of death um but even like walking in a valley like that there there's something about believing that there's something on the other side of the hills that 
is necessary, you know, because if you're just in a valley and all you see is the hills closing in on you without believing that there's actually something some way out of the valley or something on the other side that is like good and is worth the climb is worth the climb to get hmm. over to then I mean how futile is that like right you know so yeah so like believing like whatever it takes to I guess figure out like, how can you, how can you believe that there's something on the other side, like that there's something on the other side of the, those hills, you know, like for some people, maybe that's listening to other people's stories. For some people, maybe it's like, um, yeah, I don't know, being with friends for some people, maybe it's just like distracting yourself for a little while for like, whatever it is, you know? Mm. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just kind of reflecting on everything you've shared, Diana. I so appreciate it. I feel like it's just so powerful to hear, like you said, someone else's experiences with suffering and, and how, you know, you lived through it and you're living, you know, maybe even still there's things that you're working through or whatever, and then you have the Lord with you in that kind of way. And so just seeking the company of God. So I think my advice would be in seeking the company of God, at least for myself, I, and I've said this before, I feel like it's going to be my repeat, no matter, like, no matter what question we have, I'm going to say it on every podcast, but just to, just to be honest with the Lord, to be really, really brutally honest with him and not to hide, you know, because I feel like we have a voice that we sometimes bring up as like our in quotes prayer voice. And, and, you know, I just, through things that I've been through in my life, I just found that you get to a point where you just need to kind of do, chuck out the prayer voice and just be real and honest with the Lord um, because that's where he wants to meet you. So, mm-hmm. you know, just make a prayer that just comes from whatever the most raw place is from inside of you and, and, and speak to the Lord from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, well, at the Should end we do of our, our yeah yes, of our podcast, we always do god weeks um <laughs> so uh for those of you who maybe this is perhaps the first time you've listened to the podcast god winks are those moments where um something happens unexpectedly god shows up unexpectedly in your life in a way that perhaps makes you laugh or lightens things a little bit um and we each share something something of that so who who has a godwink they would like to share? Oh, I can go first. I got an immediate <laughs> one. So, um yeah, so um in kind of leaving this job at the Newman Center where I've been over the past like number of months, I I uh bought a word on fire bible mm. for my sister and I was thinking when I bought it, I was like, it's so beautiful. Like I want to buy one, but oh gosh, I just bought another Bible recently. I don't really need it. So I'm not going to do it. So then I bought my dad one for his birthday because I was like, well, I mean, who doesn't need a word on fire Bible? And I was like, I should buy one for myself. And then I was like, no, don't do it, Aaron. You can't. Anyways, I've wanted one of these things because they're so beautiful. And I love Bishop Barron and all the commentaries from the fathers. I'm like, how good is this? Anyways, but I'm like, okay, I'm not going to buy that now, Lord. But then because I was leaving Newman, there's this beautiful woman who's part of the community. And um, she sent me a message and she left me like a gift on my door and I opened it. And it is not only a word on fire Bible. It is the leather bound, beautiful, 
copy of the Word on Fire wow. Bible. And I oh, was man, like, Lord, awesome. <laughs> how do you work through the inspirations that you give to other people that you are loving me in this specific a way? And now I have it, you know? That is so awesome. I know. It's so good. Great. So excited. Cool. That's amazing. Oh, That's yeah. amazing. I love it. Me too. I have one. I have actually lots from this, this, this week, couple of weeks has been full of God wings for me, but the one I'm actually going to bring up is these girls know about one of the ones I have, but this is a different one. It's, uh, you got, you guys know who, who know me well, that I watch a lot of YouTube and Netflix and all this stuff. So I was on one of my YouTube like rabbit holes and I was watching this channel. It's called SBSK special books by special kids. And it's, it's like a secular channel where they interview a lot of people with just really, um, out of the way disorders and some more common and just talk about their life experiences and stuff like that. And I just find it really insightful and enlightening and just kind of really beautiful sometimes. So one of the episodes of this family who adopted all these different kids with varying levels of, um, like a lot of them have down syndrome, things like that. And one of their, one of their children, he is so awesome. He, his reward, like the guy who's running the channel said to him like, Hey, listen, I really want to be your friend. Like what, what would, what do I need to do to be your friend? And the kid goes, you need to have a red key. And he's like, why, why do I need to have a red key? And the mother is like, Oh, you need to have a red key because he loves the treadmill and we have a treadmill and the key to the treadmill is a red key. And she's like, this is the only kid in the world. Like his reward for everything is time on the treadmill. That's amazing. <laughs> That's reward. And I was like, that is so cool. It's like, Lord, why did you not give me that desire? Like, why do I not want to run on the treadmill as my reward for everything that I want to do? So I just thought, and like, it was so cute all the way through the interview. He was talking about how much he loves the treadmill and like, he just wants to be running all the time. And I was like, well, you know, I can, I need to think about the things that bring me joy and just take more pleasure in some of those more simple moments and lots of simple things mm -hmm. bring me joy, but yeah. That's beautiful. Loved it so that, is <laughs> that is great. That is great. Yeah. I've definitely had a number of, of moments like that this week, but I, I think the one that is, is coming to mind is, um, just in the last few days, some things that I've been sorting through and thinking about um, having a couple people in my life who have had almost identical experiences and with whom I can talk and laugh about everything and just who I are with me. And so there's this feeling like, okay, I'm still sorting through stuff, but I'm, I'm really not alone in that. And just the gift that that is, the incredible gift. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's been a, a very strong, um, a strong thing. And, and yeah, just moments of like laughter, like belly laughter in the midst of feeling kind of other stuff, but just these moments of joy um, and that coming because of, of people who've been through the same thing and, you know, and know that like, hey, it's, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. um, so being really grateful for that. Yeah. I have one too, actually. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Um, so during this kind of time of COVID, I got into bird watching. Um, yeah. <laughs> Super cool, right? <laughs> I'm into walking and bird watching. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm like 60, whatever. Um, so my husband and I, we went for a walk at Birds Hill. And I had heard that in this certain section of this trail, if you put out your hand, then the chickadees will come and actually land in your hand. And so. Oh. I hadn't actually told him this, uh, but I was like, oh, I like, let's just try putting out our hands. He's like, yeah, okay. Like a bird's going to come land on my hand. And sure enough, like we put out our hands and these chickadees landed on our hands. Oh, wow. And it was, it was so cool because like, 
I've kind of fallen in love with birds. It's a little bit weird, but like they're beautiful. <laughs> and like, I just like, there's so many different kinds and God's creation is just so cool to witness and see. And then there's one little chickadee just, you know, on my hand and just, you know, looking around and I'm like, okay, God, I'm like, that's, that's I love so that. Cool. That's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so that's yeah, they so landed funny. on like his head first and then both of his hands. <laughs> and he's like, oh, this is so cool. That's so great. That there's, is great. Um, the pastor here at the Newman Center, he just got a bird a little while ago and he's trying oh. to teach it to talk because apparently it's one of the birds that can talk. So he just all the time is like, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord <laughs> to the bird, hoping that eventually the bird will say it. That's amazing can you imagine if you're a student walking in and there was a bird and it's just like lord Lord." (laughs) (laughs) like what kind of where am what is this place that's right yeah that's great there's like a good burglar alarm oh that's true yeah there's also a movie i watched on a plane a long time ago with jack black randomly have you seen that movie it's a bird watching i can't remember what it is but it's so good like it is I yeah. reckon I have to think we maybe put it in the show notes or something. Yeah, yeah. let's put in the show notes. Yeah. I would like that. I it's, Jack it's really funny. entertaining. It's okay. really good. Yeah. Like it almost is like you're watching a yeah. sports movie. Like that's how intense it is. I mean, oh, wow. maybe I maybe yeah, I should it's... dial that back a little. <laughs> I don't know. You're a no, huge Raptors fan. Like, so I really yeah. But it's intensely competitive. Yeah, like it's really competitive. Anyways. Yeah. It is. That is great. Yeah, yeah but watching is super cool. It's like Right now. It's, way up, it's up there with like jazz band and Rocky Balboa. That's, you know, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. That is great. Good. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thanks so much, Diana, you, Diana. for sharing with us and Very having this funny. conversation. Mm-hmm. Really wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Beautiful. And we'd love to hear from uh, everybody else. So if there's a uh, posts on you know instagram or on the youtube channel or anything like that if there's stuff that you found is not helpful for when um when you're dealing with somebody who is experiencing suffering or if you are suffering and there are things that have not been helpful for you feel free to post them there so we can all get better at being sensitive (laughs) to each other's needs (laughs) well and things that are helpful too because then it helps to know what to do right that's right um and it might differ for for each person so amen And no shaming. Don't. don't yeah, don't, I think that's important to say. That was, you know. Yeah. <laughs> please yeah. don't name people by name. Please names. don't. Please don't say Rachel on Tuesday. When she <laughs> yeah. Had a conversation with you was really helpful. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Thanks. We're all so we're all trying to do our best. All right. Yeah. Amen. Okay. All right. Talk See to you guys. all next week. Next week. Next Monday. Yay. Good. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.